0: Hello and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. Thanks for listening in on today's episode, on which we're going to talk about health tech startups. While some of us have shied away from the inevitability of digital technologies creeping into our lives, many others have embraced the idea that certain wearables, apps, and other digital technologies can boost our individual health and well being, and perhaps even make the healthcare system that we rely on more accessible, personalized, efficient and cost-effective. There are advancing technologies that can remotely monitor changes in patterns of breathing, predict a specific patient's response to a disease, and provide therapy in virtual reality. Health and healthcare are a fertile ground for entrepreneurs right now, in part due to swiftly developing technologies with artificial intelligence and robotics and all of these other things, but also due to keen awareness that the healthcare system has historically been unable to timely and conveniently respond to patient slash consumer needs in a cost effective way. Many of us have apps on our phones or on other devices that make our personal health and well being much easier. There are apps for medication reminders, meditation, personal medical records management on-demand telehealth appointments, and the old-school activity tracker apps. More recently, there has been a flurry of entrepreneurial activity in the mental health and substance use treatment and recovery space. This is a very timely conversation because September is National Recovery Month. And here to talk with us about an app that he has developed is Chris Thompson, creator of Sober Sidekick. Chris? Welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Very glad to be here. All right. So before we get into the more serious stuff, I want to know what keeps you busy when you're not working.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I would say living my recovery. Um, yeah. I'm in recovery myself, and I'm grateful to be alive. I'm I'm lucky to be alive. Um, so living my recovery and you know, there's so much alignment between what I do, for work, what I would be doing if I, if this wasn't my job. Um, but that being said, other things I I do, I, I, I like to be, uh, active. So running, working out, playing basketball, I played basketball in college and I've lost most of those skills, but I, I still, (laughs) it still brings joy into my life. Um. Since I I moved to Arkansas a year and a half ago, I've yeah so biking and hiking and I love nature. I like I love being outside. Um, that's a great yeah. place to
0: do it, in Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so um, I asked this of all of our wonky guests, okay? Yeah. So prepare yourself. Mm. What would you say is your theme song? Um,
1: yeah. I- I, I would say I, I, I went back and forth on a few. My top two were Not Afraid um, because of the recovery thing. and the rocky theme song. There you uh, go. And I'm I'm going with Rocky for one the, I'm from Philadelphia. Ah uh, yeah, Philly. To uh comeback story our, our mission as a company is to scale real life comeback stories. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, yeah, um you know people who are battling addiction, you know, this it really is a comeback story. It's a, you know, it's it's a battle and You know, it's not easy and uh, you know, the people we serve, those are our champions.
0: Excellent choices. All right. Now I do want to talk about the, the sober sidekick app, but first I want to know what brought you to Northwest Arkansas.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, I met the right people at the right time. Um, one of them was Ramsey ball. Um, and you know, he was very, very mission aligned with, uh, what we're looking to do and what we've done in the recovery community. Um, and I made a trip out to visit him and he introduced me to a ton of people who introduced me to a ton of people. <laughs> and then we made a, a a decision to move across the country and within-, a, within From?
0: A, from? LA. Oh yeah. So big change. Yeah. Yeah. So no regrets. All right. Good. So what led you down the path to create Sober Sidekick?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my own personal journey, um, you know, I, I always thought of myself as a person with, you know, dreams, vision, uh, vision, goals, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, from the age is uh, 21 to 24, I watched all the good aspects of me kind of, disappear as a result of my own battle with alcohol, alcohol and addiction. And by Thanksgiving day, I had woken up on the sidewalk for the fourth day in a row in LA, no place to go. It had rained. Um, mm. and that was my rock bottom. Um, yeah. you know, it's just like, how did, how did I get here? Um, you know, I went to college, I done a startup, but, you know, all these different things and, um, you know, that day, the right people were there for me Mm -hmm. at the right time. Um, and and that's what saved my life. Um, so 30 days into my own recovery journey, I'm, I'm rebuilding my life. And, uh, you know, looking at the role that luck played in my Mm -hmm. own journey and how it was people and not professionals who saved my life. Um, I, I, I thought, how can we. How can we create a world? How can we utilize technology to create a world where connecting with those right people at the right time is no longer right. a chance. Um, and this idea or this empathy algorithm came to my mind. And that, that, that day, it was Christmas Eve, um, 2018. And, uh, I immediately started coding, um. And 30 days later, Apple approved the first version of Sober Sidekick in the app. Wow. Um, and you know, I, I didn't have any money to market it. I I was living in a sober living, living in a halfway house Yeah. Uh, and but people started using it day one. And the, these were people I didn't know. Um, and that told me that there was something to this, like somehow, like somehow we're solving a gap that healthcare has failed to reach yeah Uh, so that's what i mean that there there's something here and you know i i realized this isn't a passion project this is this is a startup
0: yeah that's i I think that's very important that you pulled out the 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 solution of people outside the healthcare space and how Mm -hmm. critical that is for uh people to 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 change their direction um so you were you you were lucky to have that and to to think about that and how to make that happen in a, in a different way for people. That's that's pretty interesting. So tell us about the app itself. How how does how does it work? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so so the problem we're solving here is. People don't commit suicide, generally speaking, in clinics or therapy sessions, people don't relapse in clinics or therapy sessions or AA meetings. These are the things that happen when people are alone. Um, so the experience that we've created with the app, it powered by our empathy algorithm is one where any person at any time can write a post anonymously about how they're doing mm-hmm. and within minutes, if not seconds, this platform is going to find 6.2 people from your own community to provide you written support in minutes, if not seconds. Yep. Everything. Uh, and since we launched, no member has ever gone without support. So interesting, hundred percent chance you put your feeling, your post onto sober sidekick within minutes, if not seconds, someone's reaching out to you. That's but- interesting.
0: I, you've almost like, cause I'm, I'm clearly a bit older than you. So I immediately go to Kevin Bacon, six degrees separation yeah. and you've like proven it. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I I never heard that that point brought up
0: before. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So you you mentioned gaps in in the recovery space and and certainly the treatment space, but I want to focus on the recovery space. So what are those gaps in recovery resources that you were seeing that drove the the technological approach?
1: Yeah. So so one one very huge gap is this industry is not it's it's not optimized for people to stay sober in fact it's optimized for people to not stay sober Mm -hmm. so the treatment centers that have the highest margins are going to be the ones that have the highest relapse rates Mm -hmm. Uh, a very very bad um predatory of interest and i've seen uh i've seen firsthand uh, fraud um and human trafficking, and there are now human trafficking laws that have been written specifically for the substance abuse space because, uh, keeping people sober is not the most profitable business model. And as a result, there's, there's body brokers. These are people who get paid to send people to treatment and, um, you know, just very, very bad incentives. Um, and, you know, left and right, you'll see articles of facilities getting shut down. And unfortunately, this isn't an edge case. This is prevalent within this space. Hmm. Um, so in in some ways, traditional healthcare is doing the opposite of what is needed. Um, and part of the reason why is there's so much stigma around substance abuse. So when there's right. a lot of stigma, no one's talking about it. So all these things are going on in silence and... It it gives a lot of room for predatory people who should who should not be owning treatment centers to have free reign Mm -hmm. to do uh, whatever whatever drives revenue, whatever drives fast revenue. Um, The other thing is there's there's no data. No one no one knows no no one is measuring outcomes. No one even knows what success looks Mm -hmm. like. When you don't know what success looks like from a data perspective, how can you ever optimize for it? So from a big picture perspective, the goal of this company is um, to transform this entire industry so that it is no longer motivated by heads and beds and is driven by outcomes. Mm -hmm. And as a result of the engagement, the lasting engagement we're able to keep with our members, we're actually able to see, who stays sober, who doesn't, why? We're able yeah. to see who who has better success based on what provider they want to. We're able to measure the risk of relapse in real time We're we're actually able to build machine learning algorithms to predict who is most likely to relapse and intervene. Mm. Because I've, I've been to funerals as a result of our healthcare system. um, And, and that to me is just sickening and you know it's why we're not going to stop till the
0: job's done it's it's nice to hear the 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 emphasis on the data uh because that's one of the things that we as an organization at the arkansas center for health improvement focus on but Mm -hmm. but the 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 lack of data in this space is just it's a it's frankly abhorrent and yeah i mean the the medical space has slowly caught up to actually measure itself for quality outputs and outcomes yeah. but the mental health and substance use space has been slower to catch on so it's nice mm-hmm. to nice to see that you're able to capture that information and to to measure uh the outcomes that you're seeing i want to ask a question uh about generally about health tech startups because you've been yeah. successful in this space they're flourishing right now why do you think that is yeah
1: yeah um it so technology affects all areas of life um and I, I would make the case that every technology company is affecting healthcare. it's just a question of whether or not they're being intentional to affect mm. healthcare care in a good way or a negative way yeah. for instance facebook facebook TikTok, instagram these are the biggest drivers of add these awesome. are the biggest, some of the biggest drivers of depression these are some of the biggest drivers is, of suicides among minors um so, you know, the question is how intentional are we willing to be around utilizing technology to drive to drive the healthcare that we want? Um and, you know, COVID certainly accelerated that. Um, you know, because a lot of systems, you know were no longer accessible, a lot of traditional systems were no longer mm-hmm. accessible as a result of of COVID. Um, so, you know, part, I mean, part of the reason why, you know, there's a big boom of health tech is, you know, venture capital has put their focus there, but I, I would raise a flag to that, um, in that if we are intentional, this venture capital focus on healthcare is only going to widen the gap gap between access to care because The venture capital focus is typically trickled down, um, and it's typically going to go to the employers who can afford the best benefits for their employees. It's going to start with uh, private insurance, or it's going to start with consumers who have the dollars to pay for those resources. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we aren't careful, this is only going to widen the gap between those who have access to care and those who
0: don't. Absolutely. You just jumped up on a soapbox. I'm been on myself <laughs> yeah. so um so i'm i'm unfamiliar with the entrepreneurial space i've i've started to learn just a little bit about this but can you share how you navigated this startup world with your app
1: yeah yeah um you know launching a startup is hard regardless um which is why you know it to me, it's, it's most important that it's something that you really care about yeah. uh, and something you're willing to go to bat for, um, because it's, it's a marathon and not a race. And, you know, I, uh, you know, with our company, we, we've often chosen the hard path over the easy path. Um, you know, I, there was a point in time where the majority it, we, all of our revenue was coming from providers and we saw a major conflict of interest there and mm. made the decision to sh- shut that revenue stream down because it was a model that was going to succeed when our members failed. And and we didn't want to scale that type of model. We didn't want our success to be dependent on the failure of others. And that's where we really, our eyes were really opened as far as what's going on with so many of these providers. Right. Um, so it's a marathon and not a race and the biggest lesson for me has been alignment. Um, you know, we, we have to align the change we want to see in the world with our bottom line. Um, and if those two are in conflict, then we're just going to be another healthcare startup that widens the gaps. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what's really interesting is, is, you know that was a very hard decision at the time and we did not know where our next dollar was coming from at the time um but next monday i'm going to be attending a harvard case study on sober sidekick where uh that is uh, where that is now curriculum in in a harvard class interesting. on interesting startup decisions and uh, a harvard case study has been written on sober sidekick and you know it's it's really interesting it's been a really interesting lesson for me as far as sometimes you make the heart making the hard decision um as long as it's a decision you're not going to regret you never know how it's going to pay off in, right. the right um and also as a result of making the hard decisions you know the right investors have been attracted to us and the wrong investors have stayed away from us. So,
0: Yeah. You um, ward off the rats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. So um, it's interesting that you mentioned Harvard because my next question and my final question is really about um, the next up and comers, right? For yeah. those who are interested, regardless of whether they're students or not, they're interested in tech innovations. What's your advice to them?
1: Just, Just do it. Um, I learning by doing has always been the fastest way for me. Like my first startup failed because we didn't have a developer in house. So after that, I, I bought some courses online and learned how to code. Um, and learning by doing is, is just the best way. Um, because it's, it's really not about how great the idea is. It's about how fast you learn. Um, Mm. you know, you need, you need an idea to get started, but it's the learnings along the way, um, and the feedback and, and, and being close to your customers, getting that constant feedback from, you know, the people that you're looking to serve, um, that, that's what makes a product great and, and staying connected. Um, we have a weekly meeting with our members, um, you know, our members Mm. aren't paying us, uh, but but our members who work we're here to serve and we we listen to their stories every week every thursday at 4 p.m because that keeps us connected to why we're doing this with the actual problems we're looking to solve and what and what's real um so yeah it, it's just do it and get as much feedback as you can um expert feedback is great but feedback direct from the sources yeah where you're going to learn the most
0: excellent excellent advice um he doesn't own the rights to just do it uh but it's nonetheless his motto um and i'll give you that six degrees of separation for free just take that and run with it Thank you. Well, you got, I, I think you got a, you got a great thing going here and I know that it offers some great connection for people who are, uh, in recovery and, and needing that connection to, to stay afloat. So, um, good stuff going on here and I, I wish you luck, uh, with, uh, with your product down the line. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Wonks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. As a reminder, The views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, and again, thanks for listening.